Hello, and welcome to the Light Dimension Podcast, where believing is seeing. I'm your host, Ethereal, otherwise best known as Sharice Maynard. Thank you for tuning in to episode one of what I hope will be an informative, enlightening, inspirational token of my gratitude for all of my mentors that have lovingly taken the time to impart their words of wisdom to me during the course of my, dare I say, almost 44 years. You can expect to hear from me, as well as some other guests who I will interview, to share their encounters with the Holy Spirit and how they are functioning within all the changes that we're going through. You will learn about prayer, meditation, affirmations, and also about some cognitive behavioral techniques that you can use to challenge any distorted thought patterns that you may be experiencing. Interpersonal relationships is another hot topic that I will be covering once I lay the foundation for this podcast. So I invite you to send your questions and topic ideas that you would like to hear so I can prepare to serve your listening needs in this platform. So some quick facts about me. I'm married with three beautiful children. I reside in a small town just outside of Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. I'm currently enrolled part-time in a Master's of Divinity program, specializing in clinical psychotherapy. I love fashion, dressing up, wearing bright lip glosses. I love popsicles, sour keys, chips, wine, and sipping coffee any time of the day. So let's get right into this. There's a famous humanitarian who, um, she is just like when, like the world's, I would, I would call her the world's most famous humanitarian. She was a nun called Mother Teresa. And she once said, what I can do, you cannot. What you can do, I cannot. But together, we can do something beautiful for God. That's my intention for this podcast. So I have learned, though, that over time, doing is secondary to being. In school, we're educated in the art of doing and not majorly focused on becoming. And the problem with that is so evident now because when our education is focused on achieving in a certain field and less on self-actualizing, then when we cease doing, our being is destroyed This pandemic has unveiled this very problem. And positions that people have occupied for years and years are being rapidly replaced with robotic machines programmed by artificial intelligence. (laughs) Like, when you think about it, when you go to the grocery store now, you have most of the options for having a human check out your groceries are limited at a certain hour of, of the night. Uh, you actually have to learn to check them out yourself using using um, machines. The society in most of the Western world is focused on living in one dimension, and that's unfortunately just the physical one. And people who have built businesses, studied and trained in particular fields for many, many years, are suddenly finding themselves sequestered to their homes and becoming destitute of hope. Marianne Williamson says in her book, Everyday Grace, 
Our hope in God is not a hope for something to happen in the world, but for something to happen in us. Essentially, our greatest hope has already been realized. Nothing can happen to make God not God, love not love, or spirit not eternal. Our hope has already been met with a gigantic yes from God. We are the ones who keep saying no. Still, the offer to love instead of fear remains. We can choose again at any moment. We can withdraw our faith in the thought forms that have guided us to where we are, realizing their complete inadequacy to guide us where we would like to go. To place our hope in God is to place our hope in love. We're not hoping that this or that will happen, but that we'll achieve a state of consciousness in which whatever happens, we will not swerve from love or peace. Hope is simply an attitude. God is not our servant, but our deliverer. He enters where we invite him, but an invitation not offered in love is not an invitation at all. Our hope is that one day he will have taught us how to love one another so completely that our world will become his garden. I love that quotation. It says so much. You know, I was researching and found that the average person thinks their thoughts at random without any order or defined or define pattern. Raymond Hollywell once said, we attract only what we think or create. This is the law of thinking. He says to achieve success, we must think it, we must work it, we must become it. He recommends one to be an orderly thinker and thus adopting the law of orderly thinking. If you want different results, then you need to install a new app, baby, and apply those filters to fine-tune those features your life is lacking. That's what that means. Become a student in the areas that you want knowledge, and you'll start to realize that your mind is a magnet, and the strength of that magnet will depend on the information with which you charge it. Be intentional and specific in your quest for what it is that you're seeking. Look, when I was 14, I started to think about marriage. So I read books on the subject, took very copious notes, and applied some of the suggestions from one book in particular called Getting to I Do, The Secret to Doing Relationships Right. And the author is Dr. Patricia Allen. I credit her with with the advice that I was given in her book um, because, hey, I've been enjoying marriage for the last 20 years, and this year, September, we'll make it 21. Look, this is an unprecedented time that we're living in, and while there are times I linger in my thoughts about where we're headed, something about this time excites me. Before our first official lockdown, I felt as if I was on a rat race of crazy, hurrying here and there to get my kids to their sports practices, appointments, work, and never feeling like I could quite fully catch my breath. I used to tell my friends that I felt like every day I got up, that it was like I was living a part of an episode of The Amazing Race, except there was no tangible reward in sight. Everything felt rushed. Like I was scrambling just to get to the end of the night when I could prioritize me. 
I prayed, but I found that my prayers were just desperate laments about getting me out of this vicious cycle. I lost sight of the value of a day. All of my duties seemed to be mini challenges of how much I could get done before the bell rings. I wasn't spending any time on anything enjoyable. I used to find myself whining and complaining with friends, but somehow not understanding how I could influence the changes I so desperately wanted to see. Quality living just cannot be experienced at the survival level. So I finally decided to get some help with this so I can make some sense out of what seemed like the last 30 years of my life. I don't like admitting what I'm about to say, but I have to tell it like it is. The presence of God is most keenly felt in our most desperate times of despair. He never leaves us or forsakes us, but our incessant need seems to grab his attention faster and somehow our spiritual acuity gets really heightened in those moments. So as part of a course requirement for the program of study that I'm in, I had to hire what's called a spiritual director. I had no clue if this was even going to be effective or not, but since I needed six sessions for the course, I was inclined to take advantage. For the first time in years, I carved out two to three hours a week for two months with this person to help me review the events in my life. Remarkable events, too, that left me wounded. But instead of tending to those wounds, I found unhealthy ways to escape them. I would change my hair a bunch of times, find a new diet go to parties and clubs with people, some of them I didn't even really like. I just didn't acknowledge that I was feeling any pain. I just kept running away from it. Now, you need to ask yourself some important questions. Do you know what your life is saying to you? And are you responding to those needs or are you responding to everybody else's because you think yours can wait? What do you catch yourself saying inwardly or out loud that could be contributing to the people you're attracting into your life or the circumstances? Have you taken time to evaluate who's in your circle? If not, why not? Do you sense a longing for more than a human connection? If so, how are you satisfying that longing? I look forward to addressing some of these and other important questions as we progress more into the light dimension. So for the next time, I am just going to say, take good care of yourself and prepare to hear more as we dive into just what is in this light dimension. The spirit realm is, is what I'm talking about when I talk about the light dimension. It's a place where we often forget, or some of us don't even know, where our questions are most, um, like our, our pressing questions can be answered and addressed in the light dimension by, by petitioning God in the spirit realm, in our quiet prayer time, we can access supernatural power given to us by the Holy Spirit as children of God. 
and and those prayers I don't know how he does it but they don't fall on deaf ears God really hears our prayers and he does what's needed and those answers show up in our life they can materialize as real concrete answers and so in our next episode I want to explore how you you yourself can take advantage of this and leverage supernatural power to get on through the days and months uh, during this pandemic life. You know, you are not living without hope. Hope lives in you because God lives in you. Take care, be blessed, and I'll see you again in the light dimension.